Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. (laughs) Faith to flip. Uh, When I was a child, I still act like a child sometimes. I'm like a big child. But when I was a child... I remember doing my first backflip. I don't know how many people had the privilege of growing up with a trampoline. I think they're trying to make those illegal, and they keep putting more and more fences around them and making them awkward. But as a child, I loved jumping on the trampoline. And if anyone else that grew up with a trampoline and has seen flips done before, it's just the coolest thing. And if you ever witnessed a backflip, how many people have actually done a backflip before and landed it? Only like three of you? Okay. <laughs> Intentionally or unintentionally? Unintentionally. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about flipping intentionally. Um, but it's one of the coolest things if you watch somebody else do it, but it's the most awkward thing to do for the first time um, as a kid or doesn't matter where you are when you execute it. Why? Because when you execute it, you got to commit to it. Um, if you don't commit to it, you might open up at the wrong time and end up falling on your neck and breaking your neck. Um, My goal isn't to get you all to do backflips today. That's not my goal. I do, however, want to remind you that God is doing a new thing every day, okay? And in our lives, and in many cases, it will at times seem scary, and it will be in times that are probably a little bit dry and probably hard to see a way through or see a way out. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I do a new thing. Can you not see it? Either way, this is the one thing I've learned about doing backflips. Where your head goes, your body will follow. And God is calling us to be committed to the call when we take action. Okay? So he's going to ask us to do something probably in the season, and you're probably already having to face it. And faith cannot fix what you're not willing to face, gentlemen. And so he's saying, will you follow me? I am the head. You are the body. Will you follow me? So every time we come together and gather, we are tested with our belief system. We are tested with our thought patterns, and we are constantly being tested with the world and not conforming to it. For Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, someone say then, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you have been, if you haven't been, you will be. If you've been struggling with the the faith to flip, oh man, things around in your life or in this world, you're in the right place. Sometimes it can seem even like a mountain that you're trying to flip over. But when we make moves out of faith, according to God's will, it shall be done. Say that with me. It shall be done. It's time to turn over the tables of our trouble and to steady them on God's truth. You ready? All right, let's go into Matthew 21. 21 verses. I don't know how many men. Sorry, I didn't do the count today. I want to start off here in um, verse, verse 1. Right? Verse 1, right there. As they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage of the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two disciples. What have you been approaching lately, men, that requires um, God sending you out and with someone else? Think about that for a moment. I want you to write that down because I know 
For a lot of you, you've been sent out. We actually all been sent out. But specifically, God is challenging you on sending you out somewhere. He's giving you some of the details, not all the details, but he doesn't want you to go alone. Okay? He doesn't want you to go alone. So the first point I want to talk about, and um, I might have, first of all, heard this from Pastor Morris, but that is the happily terrified feeling. Okay? <laughs> oh, the ones that are laughing know what I'm talking about. The happily terrified feeling. You must understand that Jesus' disciples were both happy and terrified as they approached Jerusalem. Okay? They're going to celebrate the Passover, but they're also escorting the Passover lamb. So whether or not they clued in on what was about to happen, Jesus, the Messiah, was about to make his grand entrance and fulfill that prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter, daughter Jerusalem. See your king come to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Jesus spoke his death to the disciples just moments before in Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on, and on the third day be raised to life. Later on, he said in verse 24, then Jesus says to his disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Verse 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. It was written by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53, surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stric stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for what? Our transgressions. He was crushed for what? Our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Verse 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, for us all. There's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is, in this world, you will have trouble. The good news is, you can take heart and have peace because Jesus has overcome the world. John 16, 33. I know for some of you, you are approaching some things, and as you walk closer to Christ, you are getting closer to the cross. I'll say that again. As you walk closer to Christ, you are getting closer to the cross. You are laying down your wants and your needs for God's. You are denying yourself. You're taking up your cross, and you're following him. It's revealing itself in the church. It's revealing itself in your business, and it's Feeling itself in your home. So if you've been feeling happily terrified, 
you're in the right place. (laughs) Verse 12, Jesus entered the temple courts and he drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Point two, my business for God's business. My business for God's business. Jesus enters in and he drives out those who are buying and selling in the temple courts. We rob God when we hope to profit off of others in his presence instead of pray. We rob God when we hope to profit off of others' hurt, others' pain, instead of lifting them up in prayer. Even now, many are coming into the courts of the churches and are in need of prayer, willing to make the sacrifice, but we mustn't make it difficult, men, for those that are coming to know God. Acts 15, 19. We are willing to trade our business for his. Our thoughts for his ways and his thoughts. If we are to succeed, we must learn to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Psalm 100 verse 4. You see, prayer always begins with praise. Jesus' disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be thy name. We worship him. And that means that we are his praise. And we are his people over our prophet. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet lose their soul? Trading our business isn't a fair trade. Just so you know, trading your business isn't a fair trade. It's a blessing that goes beyond belief. He is able to do above and beyond all that we can hope, imagine, or dream of according to the power within. If we seek first the kingdom of God, then all things shall be added unto us. It's not a fair trade, is it? It's in our favor when our focus is on our Heavenly Father. Oh, someone write that down. It's in your favor when your focus is on your Heavenly Father. Not in my notes. This isn't the only time where God spoke to his people about robbing him, is it? Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. We know for where a man's treasure is, there his heart will also be. I've spoke this over you men before, but I want to confirm in this house is full of kingdom builders. These are kingdom builders in the house of the Lord. And in this season, we are to flip the flow, but in order to do it, we must remain focused. Focused on our heavenly father. Instead, or sorry, invested in his people and purpose to pray. Don't miss that. Everything hangs off this. Loving God and loving others. We must remain focused on praise and prayer and on his people. If we continue to invest in God's business, guaranteed he will continue to invest 
in ours. Technically, it's all his business anyway. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I think we think we need to switch that statement, invest in God and he'll invest in yours. No, invest in his and he'll invest in his. Come on. It's all his. You're a steward of it, right? Don't separate that. Don't get that. Don't get the mentality. Oh, it's mine. No, no, it's his. It's his. I'm just a steward of it. It's his. Come on. This body is for rent. <laughs> this temple is for rent, but it's his. This community, this church, it's his. I'm here to serve him and I'm here to serve his people. Verse 21, Jesus rep- replied, truly, I tell you, if you have the faith and do not doubt, not only can you say or, or, or do what was done to that fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Third point is moving mountains through prayer. We know the power of prayer. We witness it every time we gather and we come together and we celebrate answered prayers. We specifically prayed to God and God moved through his people. In today's message, I'm going to talk about, the title is, What Gives? What Gives? That's what I'm going to talk about later on today. What Gives? Mountains give way when we pray. What Gives? Jesus was hungry and the fig tree didn't serve its purpose. When others around us are hungry, we need to serve our purpose. What gives? I hope you will. Come on. Before thinking about what needs to get uh, out of our way, pray that God will lead the way. I'll say that again. When the thought comes into our head, what needs to get out of the way, start with your source. Pray that God will lead the way. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's with you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He goes before you. He prepares a table for you, even in the presence of your enemy. Come on. Sure, we got to think about what needs to get out of the way, but we need to look to the way to lead us through. You see, what we've been given was always designed so that we could give to others. What you've been given was always designed so that you could give to others. We are rivers, not reservoirs. We are blessed to be a blessing. Matthew 6, 19 to 20, do not store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Do you know that Proverbs twenty two sixteen says a person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by showering gifts on the rich will end in poverty? If you believe, you will receive. You will prosper within God's plans and God's purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11. Remember, in the beginning when I shared the story about myself doing the backflip, well, Jesus caused many believers in the Bible to do a backflip. A backflip on religion and so that they could land on relationship. 
He, fl- he flipped and is flipping the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. Come on. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Either way, where the head goes, the body follows. Jesus is the head. We are the body. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Matthew 25, 40. Could you guys stand with me? Would you stand with me, please? The more I got into God's word today, the more that he showed me this is a setup for you that are starting businesses and those of you that already have them. For some of you, it might just be a confirmation or it might be kind of like when you take your vehicle to the shop and you get an alignment done. It's just a little realignment. But I want to encourage you because we're not playing church. We're not going quietly into the night, right? God has called us men to come forward, to step forward, and told us to man up. Man up is not an event. Man up is, is a calling to show this community and to show the world what God is doing through his men so that you can be a light and not hide your light underneath a basket. We need to take a stand. There is an apostolic calling on this church. That is why we came. We didn't come so that we could have our own, you know, private group and just stick to ourselves and play in comfort. No, we came to step out in calling. And I want to pray over a boldness for all of you men that this is your business. His business is your business. This is your business. And everything that you do throughout the week leads to his business. And we have an opportunity coming our way. And don't think that your part is any smaller to play than if you're not speaking on stage. You'll you'll be speaking on the patio. You'll be speaking next to the person. You'll be leading next. And they're going to need discipleship. Many men are coming into the house and they're hungry for discipleship. Will you be ready? And will you be willing to disciple them? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your hand on this house. I thank you, Jesus, for victory in the valley. I thank you, Jesus, for setting these men up for such a time as this. And Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would wash upon them from inside out, that you would flow with such boldness in a mighty way like you've never done before. Lord, they would see the authority that you have given them to cast out demons, to trample on serpents, to speak the truth in a world of lies. Lord, that not just children, but other young men, our youth, our young adults would fill this house and they would find mentorship in the body of Christ. Lord, do it today. Do it today. Do it this morning. Do it your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.